Hello podcast listeners, I am your host Rashama Cloud and you're listening to the Diary of a Glorified Fat Girl. I'm changing gears today and I am touching on dating and the importance of being alone. And when I say being alone, I mean truly alone, not talking to anyone in no situationship, truly alone. I had a seven-year relationship. It was emotionally abusive and I won't go into details but I had lost myself in that relationship. When you're in a relationship, your life should look like a pie. At least that's how I like to describe it. You should have a slice for yourself, a slice for your family, a slice for your friends, work, relationship, etc., etc. Your relationship should not be your identity. It should not take up all of your time and it should not consume or become you. You should still have things outside of that relationship that stimulate you and make you who you are. When this relationship ended, I was obviously very lonely, and my first knee-jerk reaction was to fill that void. I was not ready to date, but simple validation and a compliment from someone here and there, how harmless could that be? Now, I want to note that I am a big believer in outside energy disrupting inside goals. And I just, I want to put a pin in that and hopefully your mind will trail back to this later. Now, eventually I did start dating again and I found myself wrapped up and consumed in, do they like me? Do they think I'm pretty? And no matter how many times I told myself it doesn't matter what they think of me, it only matters what I think of them, it didn't stick in my brain because I was in so much need to fill this void of feeling lonely because to be alone by myself was torturous that they held all the power I needed their validation I needed to know that I was enough in their eyes because I needed a little spark in my footstep to get me through the day and there's moments where I did feel alone but something like that doesn't sustain you you're left still hungry it's a constant chase and pursuit of the next high the next flick of serotonin or dopamine But what does that say about me? That I want so badly for these people to like me, but I don't even like me. I tell myself that I love myself and I project self-love onto myself in superficial ways. But at my core, I can't even spend the night on a Saturday night alone with myself. Because I can't face the void, which I don't need somebody else to feel for me. The truth is, I am all I need. And anyone that comes into my life should only come into my life because I want them, not because I need them. So that for me started the quest of taking my self-love journey to the next level. I no longer was going to search everywhere else for it. I was going back to basics and finding it within. And that really is a challenging thing to do because it forces you to face the parts of yourself that you don't like or that are hard to face, which I touched on in my first podcast. And with social media, fear of missing out, which is a thing, (laughs) it's hard to see people in love and wonder, well, why them but not me? Or be more successful than you and think, well, Why are they more successful but not me? But we forget that success is different for everyone and looks different for everyone. What people consider successful is different. 
And we're all on our own timelines. So with that, that brings me to my first step of how I stopped seeking validation and acceptance from others and started loving myself more. One, I started using social media less. Now this (laughs) seems like a no-brainer. It is completely obvious, and honestly, I don't even have to explain it. Prior to my Instagram getting hacked, I had reached 30,000 followers, and with a lot of love comes a lot of hate, even at that micro level. I had my account from the time that I was 15, so to reinvent it was going to take a lot more than a day. And when it was hacked, I remember my best friend running into her spare room and saying, Shell, your Instagram has been hacked. And I was so chilled. I just responded with, yeah, I knew it was coming. At my core, I was okay with it. To be honest, everyone else around me was more upset than I was. Like, dude, I'm so sorry. I was like, yeah, God, me too. But really, (laughs) I was kind of (laughs) happy. I was having trouble with social media for the months prior. I was taking public hiatuses and I I just wasn't feeling it. I was <laughs> declining brand deals. I was missing brand deal deadlines. I wanted to step down. This gave me a chance to start over my way. And in doing so, I did not refollow a lot of celebrities. In fact, I I barely follow any celebrities if any, actually, I don't, I think I follow like one or two. Um, I just don't care to, I did not refollow a lot of influences. I did not refollow anyone or anything that does not bring me any personal joy. Again, it seems obvious, but anything that triggers you, overstimulates you, causes you to get angry, worked up, feel bad about yourself, whatever it is, If it is negative, not what you should be opening your phone up to every single day. And that includes people. There were people in my real life that just simply triggered me um, or maybe had a negative impact on my eating disorder. And that's not their fault, but it is up to me on how I want to handle that. And unfollowing someone online doesn't mean you're unfollowing them in real life. And... You know, that, that's, that's a whole other thing. But some people do take it very personally. So, you know, some people I didn't follow them again. But for the ones that, you know, I felt like they might take it a bit more personally, I simply just muted their posts and their stories. I could still engage with them and chat with them. But I didn't see what they posted. Um, another thing I did, which... I wish I had done this sooner, to be honest, was I turned off notifications for all my social media, Facebook, TikTok, Messenger, Instagram. I deleted Snapchat and I don't have Twitter. And that's all my social media. The only notifications that pop up on my phone now are text message, email. That's it. Uh, If my agency wants to reach me, they text me. My mom might message me. Uh, my closest friends text me, but that is it. That is it. When I wake up in the morning, I might have no text messages and that used to hurt me, but it does not hurt me anymore. 
I get on with my day. I don't know who's liking my photos. I don't know who's leaving a hate comment. I don't know anything. My phone is more peaceful as a result. Uh, my feed, when I do check my phone, is full of my friends, body positivity, funny cat and dog videos. Um, I follow one psychologist page that I trust for psychology information. Um, but I feel less FOMO. And I don't seek the need for validation in that space. If there is a boy that I kind of have a crush on, um, him liking my picture or messaging me, it doesn't give me the same butterflies as it used to because I might go hours before I see that notification. Um, if I'm like serious about a guy, which I only have been once in the past few months, he has my number and we'll text each other. But even then, it's like I am putting me first to the point where I'm the one that takes hours to respond, <laughs> not him. So I'm just so consumed with me. <laughs> um, but if a guy liked my picture a year ago, I'd be like, oh, my God, he liked my photo. And I would be I'd be staring at his name under my photo and it would just release all this serotonin and happy chemicals into my brain but it's it doesn't do that to me anymore it, it just doesn't like it's a name a name under a picture it just doesn't do anything for me anymore um because I'm just I'm not even remembering to open the app anymore <laughs> and it's not the first thing I open when I wake up I look at my text and messages I see who's messaged me I go find food <laughs> Um, and you know at first I would still check the apps uh, every few minutes because I was used to the constant scrolling and needing to check the apps but over time it grew less and less and I just increasingly became more and more uninterested I didn't care to let everyone know what I was doing every second of the day or every second thought that I was having it just became less and less important over time. So what did I fill my time with? You know, because people are kind of like, well, if you're not on social media much and, you know, your job's kind of inconsistent or whatnot because <laughs> modelling is here and there, what are you filling your time with? <laughs> so number two, I did genuinely set a rule for myself, no dating. This also meant no talking stages, no going on dates, no anything. It was purely working on myself and I truthfully stuck to this for a few months. I prioritised my health so strongly in these few months. I was so headstrong on me. I eventually did open the doors up um, around December for somebody to come in and it didn't work out and we remained friends. I have since eased on that rule and I am talking to people by people, I mean one person every few days and not seriously, and I do not plan to meet up in any way. I'm still very much so committed to me. But there is a saying that says you can't date until you are fully healed and worked on yourself. And I don't agree with that because we are forever work in progresses. However, I do think that you have to do a lot of the foundational groundwork before you can expect anything serious or healthy to come into your life. For me, I have 
I have, um, I was going to say had, but it's have, and I have to underline that word have, abandonment issues. So this fear of being alone, and that's something that I had to face because the person that I would spend the rest of my life with first and foremost was going to be me. And so I had to get used to her. So while no dating, no talking approach, I I had to find other ways to spend my alone time. And something that I've always wanted to do was paint. So I took up painting. And it was always something that I made excuses to not do. But finally, I'm doing it. And I'm not good at it. <laughs> um, and do I love what I'm creating? Absolutely no. I don't want anyone to look too closely at it. But it calms my anxiety. And in those moments when the sun is coming through and I haven't checked my phone in like two hours and I'm lost in a podcast while I'm painting, it feels worth it. It just, it makes life just feel so peaceful. I've started reading again. My choice of books are self-help books, but that's mostly because I like to find things that stimulate my mind and I can use as journal topics. I will read something and it will get me thinking and I'll open up my journal and I'll roll with a thought and I'll unlock something that I can talk about in therapy. I'm currently reading a book called Set Boundaries and Find Peace. It was recommended by my psychologist and she let me borrow the book. So I actually have initiative to read it, finish it and give it back because <laughs> otherwise it's stolen and I don't want that. On my conscience <laughs> um, and this ties in with the journaling you're not always going to be in the mood to do it and same with reading but you start to make these things a habit and they begin to come very naturally one page a day turns into four pages a day and then that turns into okay well I think I can read five pages a day and then bam you finish the book and you're on to the next or you read something and you put it down and you have an aha moment like oh that that sparked something in my mind and you pick up your phone and you put it in your notes or you write it down in your journal because it's something for your next therapy session it's jolted something in you you make these things habits within time now this one is my favorite now as someone who has always saw exercise as a demon and then eventually used it as a weapon against myself and punishment. Now in recovery, I am adapting the how can I move my body to nourish my mind. Taking on exercise that I enjoy for my mental health, not because I am trying to burn calories or lose weight or look a certain way. And my favorite form of exercise is stretching, Pilates and walking. I used to purely do exercise based on what is most popular right now. What is everyone else doing? Let's be a gym bro. But I hated it. I hated it. And especially when my body is just simply not made to look like everyone else's bodies and bodies are supposed to look different. I just want to do what feels good. This is what feels good. I remember in high school for sports on a Friday, they introduced walking and 
I finally got excited about sports. <laughs> Walking is when I can listen to podcasts or I can listen to music and I picture and manifest my dream life. It gets me in the zone. I like looking at flowers. I like smiling at every dog I see. I literally romanticize that moment so much. Just walking to the shops, even if I don't walk back, I'll catch the bus back. But walking there is so magical. Minus the fact that I do sweat a lot. I am a very sweaty gal and all my friends know this to be true. This is one that I've always done, but I take the time twice a day to do skincare. I can make an entire episode about skincare because people don't think it's important. And there is some truth to that and there is not some truth to that. But skincare is my time every day, no matter what is happening it hasn't changed during this alone time period of my life. The thing is, I'm trying to go a bit more slower, a bit more gentle. I really am trying to push to myself that this time is important. Do not rush it. Take this time for yourself because before you run out the door to the doctors, before you jump into bed, before you head off to your next shoot, whatever you are doing, this moment is between you and yourself. Breathe in. One, two, three, four, five. Breathe out and enjoy it. I have nothing playing during those moments. I have nothing going. It is pure silence. That moment is me, myself, and I. And I love it establishing routine (laughs) now this is another one like social media it just seems so obvious you hear it constantly but it slips your mind going to bed at the same time waking up at the same time having at least eight hours of sleep i have pcos or pcos whichever one you prefer to say and the importance of this for your hormones your stress levels having extra time in the morning because I'm asleep earlier, I'm waking up earlier, so I'm getting ready slower, not rushed. So I have time to have a good breakfast, not no breakfast. I'm going at my own pace. The morning is more enjoyable. I take this time to admire the sunrise, to eat my breakfast slowly and be mindful of what I'm eating. I'm even listening to a podcast in the morning instead of watching TV or scrolling social media. Now, if you had told me that a year or two ago, I would have laughed at you. But I'm still not a morning person by any means at all. But I'm really enjoying waking up and having a slow morning, even on a busy day. It is the nicest, most peaceful feeling. And it's just the nicest time to be with me. It's highly recommend. (laughs) I had a thought to myself recently that I actually love my alone time so much to the point where I'm scheduling it in now. I don't feel the need to constantly have something happening and I'm okay with being by myself. I crave that time. When I'm too busy and I'm always on the go, I miss being alone. And it's impacted my romantic relationships because 
I no longer feel the need to settle. I wrote something on TikTok the other day and it said, men finding me attractive or wanting to spend the night with me means zero to me. It does not flatter me, it does not compliment me, it does not excite me or validate me like it once did. It does not leave me feeling full or satisfied. I want more. I want you to find me intelligent. Notice my little quirks. I want you to try to know me on a deeper level. My fears, my past, my dreams, my goals. I want you to know my heart and who I am as a person. Not just my face, my body, something that will one day fade and then the reality of everything means nothing. What I need on the days when I'm sick, spend weekends with my family, be friends with my friends. I don't want just, you're sexy or want to come over. I want a, I'm proud of you or let's cook dinner together tonight. If you ain't that, you ain't impressing me. And I can truly say with all of my core that that is true. I actually rudely, and I admit rudely, told a man on a dating app recently that he was boring me and that I unmatched him. Because our entire conversation was him complimenting me, wanting to meet up and trying to turn the conversation sexual. Now the me a year or two ago would have been loving this conversation because it would have been validating me, exciting me, giving me a little spark. But now it does nothing for me. It does nothing. Because it doesn't stimulate me in the way that I wanna be stimulated. It doesn't matter if someone finds me attractive or not. I've spent my entire life trying to be good enough for others. And I never was because They always said that I was too fat, quote unquote. And then my last Instagram, the haters said that I was, quote unquote, too fat. But then the flip side of that was I was over-sexualized. Both are damaging to your self-esteem, or at least to mine was. And I craved to just be seen as a human. The last guy that I was seeing in December, he really set the bar high, but... Now that I've spent so much time on my own and I know that I can give all of this to myself, I have set the bar high for myself because I know that I can give all of this to myself. So if you can't match that energy, don't bother. Just don't bother. (laughs) I cannot encourage more the importance of finding yourself and falling in love with yourself first. Whatever you are looking for in others, you already have in yourself. You don't need to fill that void. It doesn't matter what others think of you. What do you think of you? People shouldn't be in your life because you need them. You don't need that high rush of feelings. They should be in your life for a more genuine reason. Because you want them in your life. Because you're ready to have them in your life but you don't need anyone in your life. So much of what we put value into, appearances, social media, etc., they all mean nothing at the end of the day. And when you start to break down that wall, life does start to simplify itself. Suddenly, all those moments that you were so desperately trying to fill because you were afraid of being alone, you're now thriving alone. 
cooking, watching a movie, reading, candles lit, you're enjoying your own company to the max. You're working on the parts of you that you couldn't face and breaking those walls down. It's hard, but it's the best thing I've ever done. And, and that will look different for everyone, but I guarantee that it will be the best thing that you've ever done. When I'm alone, there is no more random anxiety, tension, random scrolling on my phone, messy behavior, FOMO. There is no more talking to heaps of guys to fill the space where my friends aren't messaging back because they're busy. I'm okay not talking to anyone. I'm okay not scrolling. I have no more anxiety. I, I have none of these feelings that I used to have. It's relaxed, it's calm, it's easy, it's peaceful. I encourage everyone to take time for themselves. Work on truly being alone. Find things that fuel your soul and your inner child. Do that inner child work. Stimulate you and find things that in the long run will be more sustainable that are working towards a healthier you, that doesn't seek constant validation from others or the constant need to always be around company to feel satisfied and full. I hope you've been able to take something away from this episode. And until next time, be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm.